Hello, listeners, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln, a political podcast about the week's political events. I am one of that podcast's two co-hosts, Abraham Lincoln, 16th president of these United States. And the other one of our co-hosts is Timothy Robert Dunn, a podcaster, copywriter, and sometimes comedian living in the city of Chicago. Now, Timothy and I met about a year and a half ago when Timothy was on a tour of the Lincoln home and his tour group separated from him because he wouldn't stop talking about island hopping, which I think was the Allies' strategy of how to retake the islands the Japanese had taken in World War II. And I'm also unsure how that possibly related to anything in the Lincoln home. But nonetheless, he wandered into some room and thereabouts he did meet my spirit and we became intertwined, cosmically connected, best friends. We're boys, and we do a podcast together every week. Except this week, uh, Timothy wouldn't return my calls, um, not just about the podcast. I was having trouble getting signed into the FX app on his phone. Uh, basically, we share kind of a cell phone plan because we're such good bros, and uh, I think he may have changed the password to the FX app, so I was trying to get in just to kind of watch Spider-Man 3 again. And I couldn't get in there. So anyway, Timothy, if you happen to hear this and you could just send me that password that you reset, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, Anyway, nonetheless, uh, I thought I would go ahead and do the podcast this week, seeing as Timothy seems to be unavailable. Now, it's possible Timothy's unavailable as well because he might have some hard feelings and might be a little sore in his side about uh, what happened last week when we tried to record the episode. See, Timothy summoned me and then because he can summon me if you never listen to the podcast. He just says my name three times, and then I appear, or I can kind of hassle him until he does so, and then I kind of appear. And he sent me on assignment to go cover Hurricane Michael, I believe it was called. And I was so overwhelmed with the destruction and the possibility that this might be the reality once this climate change thing sets in, uh, just like the day after tomorrow, another great film on the FX app, that I just couldn't handle it and needed a little bit of escapism and just went in to see Venom two or three times. And I guess that was just not okay with Timothy. I guess that was something I'm not allowed to do. I'm not allowed to be a person and have real feelings and have to escape those feelings sometimes. So anyway, Timothy, if you're upset about that, I'm not sorry. So Timothy's not going to do the podcast this week, but I sure am. So let's go ahead and talk about this week's political events. A couple big things happened. Number one, Uh, the senator from Massachusetts, she somehow released a genetic test, which is very strange to me and a very foreign concept, seeing as I'm someone from the 19th century. And apparently she had a bunch of people cut up parts of her and look up what she was from originally. I don't understand. Some sort of DNA, which I've heard about in movies, but don't totally understand and determined that she was somewhere between 164th and one. 1,024th Native American. Now, I don't know why this is such a big deal. Uh, I obviously, the tensions between the Americans and Native Americans has kind of settled, but it has something to do with, I guess, the president is always referring to this senator as Pocahontas because he believes she's exaggerated or otherwise misstated her Native American heritage in order for her to have some sort of advantage in her certain field or gain some sort of political higher ground that she might seek or otherwise claim some sort of identity that might give her some benefits and some sort of discussion. Anyway, it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal to me, seeing as every single white person that I've ever met when backed into a corner about a discussion about race begins to bring up his or her own Native American heritage as if that's some sort of get out of jail free card. 
So anyway, Elizabeth Warren went ahead and got this test done by some sort of scientist, and I guess she thought that was going to help own the president because he had said at some rally that he has, because he still has these rallies, by the way. He's still doing these campaign rallies, even though the elections are way, way off. I guess he just likes the crowd. And he said that he would give a million dollars to the charity of someone's choice if they could prove that she was actually Native American. And now that she thinks that she's proven that, which is somewhat dubious, I suppose, uh, seeing as back in my time, we had actual Native Americans, people who actually had that sort of heritage and culture whose rights were often infringed upon. And nonetheless, when confronted with video evidence of saying that he made this pledge, he denied it and is not honoring that sort of bet. And the whole thing is rather embarrassing. I mean, think about it. If someone were to take a civics test today, I guess you would say the executive branch is the branch that makes bets about somebody's heritage. And then the legislative branch is the branch that take some sort of genetic test to prove their heritage, to trump the executive branch, no pun intended, but somewhat intended. And then the judicial branch is the reason everyone is so bent out of shape because everyone just wants to get elected so they can jam their judges through. The whole thing is wonky and embarrassing, and I'd rather not have to cover it, but nonetheless, here we are. Those are the politics of the week. Also this week, a couple other things happened. We found out that this might be the fourth warmest year on record. I did mention earlier that I was moved by the destruction of Hurricane Michael, and also concerned that if we are still this vulnerable to weather, despite all the movies I see on the FX app, like The Core, where we build this machine with, uh, and we go to the core of the Earth because we have to fix this other machine that was disrupting the electromagnetic pulse of the Earth, and it stars the guy who plays Two-Face in The Dark Knight. And anyway, despite all of these things we have in these films, like uh, the movie Armageddon, where we put a bunch of um, oil drillers onto a rocket ship and we send them to space and then we ask them to please save the earth. Uh, We have all these things we can come up with, but yeah, we haven't figured out a way to just stop destroying the earth, I suppose. So anyway, this was the fourth warmest year on record, it seems, uh, thus far. And uh, that's not necessarily good news. I know that the link between extreme weather, such as hurricanes, is somewhat dubious with climate change, but that doesn't mean that this is any less scary. Uh, And another thing I wouldn't really love to be talking about right now, but I guess that's just something that happens during the week. So that's something we got to go with. And uh, the best part is the president uh, has disagreed with any sort of conclusion because at the beginning of the week on Sunday night, he went on this show 60 Minutes, which I guess is 60 minutes long. I don't know for sure. But he said that uh, he believes something's happening with the climate. Quote, I think something's happening. Something's changing and it'll change back again. I don't think it's a hoax. I think there's probably a difference, but I don't know that it's man-made. So he's saying that these changes in the climate are not being caused by our activity and something else is going on there, despite the fact that the five warmest years in the global record have all come in the past eight years and the 10 warmest years on record have come since 1998. And that kind of lines up with the world industrializing and continuing to emit more and more of these greenhouse gases. But nonetheless, I guess... We're in good hands because the president's not worried and thinks it's going to change back again. So everyone sleep easy because the 80-year-old who won't be around to see anything says that everything's going to be just fine someday. So nonetheless, if you're not worried about that this week, and I guess this podcast might as well just be called What You Should Be Worried About because that is basically how politics is summed up and covered these days. Regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, so I know some folks on the right for some reason are less concerned about climate change, thinking that 
nothing could really stop this anyway, so we might as well just give it our full thoughts and prayers. And I do love some thoughts and prayers, so I'll keep those coming in the meantime. Moving on to something else you might need to be worried about this week is the U.S. budget deficit grew by $113 billion in the past fiscal year, which ended at the beginning of October, I believe. So that is about 4% of the gross domestic product. I don't know what any of those things are. The idea that there are even a billion dollars in existence is pretty crazy to me. But nonetheless, it seems like nobody's worried about that either because they believe that the booming economy is going to increase government revenues, but um, they should maybe be worried about spending money. And I certainly understand that you don't want to spend too much money. I mean, when I was in the, the Illinois State House of Representatives before I was a national politician of any sort, uh, I voted against setting up some sort of school system for the state of Illinois multiple times because I thought that was just reckless spending. But now you guys have all sorts of spending that I think is going pretty well. I don't know. Maybe you guys are fine with it, clearly. Uh, so when we had this uh, thing called, uh, what was it called again? Oh, yes. The American Civil War. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, when I was president of the United States, we had this awful problem that we had this thing we had to pay for that no one wanted to pay for and no one wanted to have except for those you know, people protecting their slaves, the right to own slaves. So we had to come up with revenue for this. And so we tried to set up some sort of Revenue Act of 1861, which actually wasn't that effective. It was the Revenue Act of 1862 that finally kicked into gear. But the Revenue Act of 1861 was just going to be a flat tax rate that was just going to basically tax people who had money over $800. And I looked up how much that would be. So if you look at this, in 1862, we replaced the flat tax rate with a progressive scale of like 3% of incomes beyond $600, okay? So that translates to 3% of anyone who makes more than $12,000 in 2009 dollars. And then it was 5% on incomes above $10,000 or people who made $200,012 in $2009. So anyway, it was uh, supposed to be temporary, and it was supposed to end at the year 1866, which kind of fortuitously was after the end of the Civil War and my own life. Uh, but I guess you guys have continued to, uh, to have taxes and to have spending, and to the point that you owe yourselves $113 billion dollars and would somehow have to come up with this by either cutting things you have that you were used to or taxing yourselves more. So anyway, best of luck with that, I suppose. <sighs> well, after now covering the week's political events by myself and being forced to really dive into what were the most notable stories of the week, I can see now why Timothy is so bothered when oftentimes I avoid these topics and instead try to just recap various movies I've watched on the FX app in some sort of, you know, indulgent form of escapism, when here we are dealing with a climate crisis, a budget crisis, and then some sort of very petty political crisis that uses someone's ethnicity and heritage as a political football. But nonetheless, I can see that, uh, Timothy, if you're listening to this episode that I uh, will do better. And I promise to you, Timothy, my friend, that I will be less distracted by the creature comforts of modernity and more willing to help you tackle the hard problems that we face these days and once again save this union. But first, 
A question for the listeners. In Transformers The Last Night, it seems as if they are saying that Transformers have always been part of Earth's history because they helped King Arthur win some sort of battle. Lua Merlin just being friends with a Transformer. And then I'm very confused with the whole timeline because also in modernity and Transformers, there's some sort of world order that just goes around killing Transformers because they don't want them there. And I'm not sure if that's supposed to be an allegory for immigration or it's just supposed to say like how rough things are. And then there's this whole thing where Optimus Prime, he gets back to Cybertron, but then is he seduced by some sort of like female Transformer there? I don't understand what's happening because it seems like Optimus Prime is evil for a bit, but then he's good again. And then there's a big fight in the sky. And my whole thing is that the pacing of the Transformers movies is so fast. It's so hard to figure out what's going on. You can't even really enjoy the robots just fighting each other and clanging heads. And of course, Megatron's back in this. And I don't know how many times we think we've killed Megatron off, but there he is. And I guess they're setting this whole thing up for some sort of sequel because now Cybertron has now crashed into Earth or something. I don't understand. And I also don't really understand why the Transformers in the first place would take the form of automobiles when it seems as if they would have no concept of automobiles because they are aliens and not at all familiar with Earth. But I guess that's what they're saying is that they were familiar with Earth because they were there around medieval times, or at least there was one knight who was there. I don't understand. And that's the problem is I feel like I'm missing something with these Transformers movies. So if any listeners out there would have any insight about the Transformers universe they'd like to share with me, Abraham Lincoln, please go ahead and send that to 15 minutes. That's numerical one five minutes with Lincoln at gmail.com. Then I'd be happy to read those. Or you could tweet at us or comment on our Facebook page. And I'd be thrilled to hear anything that explains the universe because I just feel like I'm missing something. Also, if you have any other questions for us, like about politics or about Abraham Lincoln, I suppose you can send them there as well. But specifically, I'm looking for insight on the Transformers universe. Before I sign off, I should mention that if you leave our podcast a four-star review on iTunes, we will be happy to review any movie for you, so long as that movie appears on the FX Now app, and we will spend a whole episode dedicated to that movie review when we're not doing the hard work of cracking the nation's current problems and getting this country back together again. And figuring out the Transformers. Tim, I'm sorry. Well, I'll see you.